Hi, this is Brie Eggleston. It's a Friday night, and I maybe have been drinking a little. I'm in our studio. I like to call it that because it sounds fancy. We're not super fancy people, but I enjoy it. And I have a really fun time doing our podcast. I'm currently alone, talking to myself, although if you're listening, I'm not truly talking to myself. I'm in fact talking to the future, which is kind of a cool concept. I don't know if Kevin's fully realized yet that I'm back here in our studio recording, because he's out in the living room. Watching some sort of stand-up comedy something. Which, not really my jam. Unless it's him. Because he's super funny. He's my favorite stand-up comedian. I love him the most. So I'm in here talking to myself. Slash you from the future. So thanks for listening. We had a nice lovely evening. We had a social distance social, which I found kind of funny. I came up with it, which is probably not all that original, but it made me think, let's go to a sock hop or check out the Bobby Soxers or the people from Greece. So it made me laugh mentally every time I thought about it. Maybe he'll come back and chill out with us. He's not as toasty because one of us had to drive home. And it definitely wasn't going to be me. I'm going to pause and see if I can get him to come back and chill out with us. Hold, please. I have succeeded. We currently have with us Kevin. Thank you for joining. Me currently recording now not alone. Speaking to the future listeners. I'm talking to the future. You're welcome to join us. You sound like a a person giving a valedictorian speech. Like, I am talking to the future of the class of 2021. (laughs) You are the future. (laughs) And you will make all the differences. (laughs) Except for you, Brantley. Well, You're going to manage an Olive Garden. You know, I was just talking to my sister about Olive Garden, saying about how I haven't had it in such a long time. And I'd really like to have one of their salads because they're very fresh. They are not fresh. They are drenched in oil. Maybe that's why I like them. Yeah, there's so much oil on there. Like, America has thought about invading their salad bowl. Okay, babe. Oh, too political? Please remember, I've been drinking. That took me a long time to make the connection that you were making. Oh, I know. (laughs) Kevin, do you want to know what I've named this episode? Uh, Let's hear. Surprise me. Shock me. Well, it's going to start... Hold me, kill me, throw me, whatever that U2 song was from Batman. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. 
Uh, it's going to start an interlude, colon, space, return to Egmont High. You've already <gasps> used that one. No, no, no. I haven't. It's return to Egmont High. Oh, because you're thinking of return to horror high. Yes. Well, at least you didn't do it like wolf egg or egg wolf or egg cop. Nope. That's not where my brain went. Or the man who killed egg and then the big egg. We haven't released that one yet, Kevin. We will by the time this podcast makes it out. Nope. I'm going to edit it and it's going to get posted this weekend. Cool. Um, I thought we were going to go to uh, Bed Bath and Beyond and finally figure out what was in the Beyond section. But you've made your choice. I don't know if Bed Bath and Beyond is open right now. Brie, if affordable linens aren't essential goods, I don't know what country I live in. How else am I going to get a novelty talking scale? Kevin, you're. you're... Huh? Where else am I going to get one that when I stand on it, it says, <laughs> hey, one at a time, please? <laughs> or, hey, why is there a marching band walking on me? Kevin, I need a shower caddy. <laughs> we could probably just order that on Amazon. He's drinking. Don't his... give a plug to Amazon right now. He's he's drinking a cola and rum. Yeah, that was the potential sound you heard of him slurping and ice jiggling. I mean, I was jiggling, too. There was some cabin jiggling. Does ice jiggle? You know, baby cakes, I don't want to be spending a lot of time thinking about the the participles that ice can do. Jiggling. Jostling. Clanking. Clanking. It's not really mm. metal. Anyways, did we have a, a, a central theme we were driving with this episode? Or was this uh, no. us pontificating about ice? This The drunk episodes are just chatting Kevin. they're just chatting okay i can just chat can you are we playing a game of questions no i would you just lost i would lose. take a shot <laughs> um do you have anything you want to chit chat about uh you know i, I do actually this is a, one of those questions because sometimes i always think about this what's one movie you think should be remade. And if you had to remake it, what would it be and what would you change? Ooh. Would, do you have an answer for this and then I can ponder while you're talking? Well, then I feel like a dick because then it feels like I'm just a... No, I, I asked you a question just to say my answer next. I need you to say your answer because, I mean, things are going slower for me right now. And this is a huge question. Okay, okay, I gotcha. You start talking and tell your answer... I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to be thinking about my own. But I'm sure that whatever you say is very good and very fascinating. And I'll listen to it later when I can actually Track. In involve myself in your well-thought-out, documented answer. Okay. So for me, um, there's, a, there's, like a, there's a handful of movies that I just consider. I want them remade because I enjoyed the first ones. For me, um, there's a, it's a French movie called The Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh, you've made me watch that, and I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. It features the guy that played 
the uh, Iron Chef America judge. He played the, the chef's Manny nephew. Yeah, he was in a couple shows. He's always, he's like one of those kind of bit actors in in uh, kung fu or martial arts movies. And uh, it's based in France, and it's actually like a semi historical. Monica horror. Belushi's in it. Monica. And he made me stop in the middle of the word horror, and so I just said it's semi-historical <laughs> horror movie. But it's funny, because Monica was just by a prostitute. That's also a spy for the Pope. Um, <laughs> Pope! But it's, uh, it's this movie that it's kind of this action martial arts horror movie, and I'm sure if I rewatched it, it's one of those ones that just doesn't. It wouldn't translate well to modern sensibilities, but I really loved it. I watched it so many times. I think it, what got me is I saw a trailer for it at like a Hollywood video one day, and I could never find it. And then like a year after I saw it, I finally found it and watched it. And I just, I watched it nonstop. I thought it was just the most perfect movie. It was one of those ones like I showed to other people as for how good me it is. Me included. Yeah. No, it, it was one of those ones that my like college cabin. I don't think there was a month I didn't go by watching it, not watching it. The other one for me would be, um, and we had this conversation, Boondock Saints. Yeah. Um, I would be really curious because as I've gotten older, these revenge action movies where like a male character takes out his rage through mindless violence at a corrupt society has been less and less appealing. Mm-hmm. They almost become kind of, you're like, oh, man, you had no reason to justify all this aggression. But, like, the thing with me with Boondock Saints is um, it's fun. It's, there's comedy in it. There's some straight-up comedic scenes. Yes. You know, there's stuff like um, Willem Dafoe being just, I think Willem Dafoe knew what kind of campy movie he was making and leaned into it. I don't think the director quite got that Willem Dafoe was, like, undercutting everything. Oh, oh, Gavin, I remember. You got I, your movie? I do, but... Jump in. No, I don't want to ruin your your awesomeness, but remind me of the letter R so I don't okay. forget. Okay, go. Um, but like Boondock Saints, I don't think the director intended it for a B comedy. I think he wanted it to always be this like badass action movie that had some comedy in it. Get no, your a... stupid fucking rope. Yeah. Yeah, I think he wanted quotable lines. I think he wanted like a Quentin Tarantino movie. I'll have a Coke. Okay. We're gonna non sequitur our way through all the memorable lines in that movie. <laughs> you were just talking about it. I was making your point for That's you. That's true. You are Rocco the funny man. I was giving you a bibliography of memorable quotes. An annotated bibliography, nonetheless, um, in the, MLA format. I think what the word you're looking for is symbolism. Symbolism. Well, and actually, I, I, I remember reading, and somebody pointed out, that detective... That like Willem Dafoe keeps making fun of and says you're always wrong. Uh huh. Is actually always right in some way. Like the first time he says, I think you're going to be seeing a lot of these things going on where it talked about a guy like a huge guy killing someone. Yeah, he's right because then there is multiple murders, and then um, Billy Connolly. Well, Billy Connolly is the dad. Right. You're just naming an actor that's in this movie. <laughs> I can name more than that. I know you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> But uh, then when he's like, he also says like, oh, well, these pennies are placed on the eyes with religious intent. And Willem Dafoe's kind of like, oh, no, you're being stupid. No, it actually was. It was just the wrong religion. 
Oh. Um, and then when he says maybe it's one guy with six guns, he's actually right. And Willem Dafoe says, no, it's six guys. Billy Connolly. You know, a firefight. A firefight. Uh, so anyways, what's your movie that I got to remind you of the letter R? What? Didn't you say you would recast? Who would you well, who recast? Who would you recast? Wasn't that one of your... If you had a recasting, I don't like. I don't know any up and coming actors. I mean, like Brotherhood of the Wolf, uh, the character Manny is supposed to be an Iroquois Indian or Native American that <clears throat> joins up with this French naturalist, and like the actor we, playing him is, I think, Hawaiian. We need to we. we watch, oh yeah, we have we, it. We should we need to it. watch it. We need to rewatch. We should rewatch that movie, Kevin. We can. Uh, we can definitely do that. I, I've never been not down to rewatch that movie. Okay, so you want to hear mine? Sure. R. Okay. I know that anybody that's listening to this is just going to gasp and say, why would you remake Perfection? But I'm going to go with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, who? I mean, that one's... It, it's almost tough with those cult classic movies because you're so tied to, if you're a fan of it the first time around, how do you divorce yourself from the remake? So who would you who do you cast? Because like Doctor Frankenfurter is Tim Curry. Tim Curry did an amazing job. Do you CGI de age? <laughs> no. Okay, I know that this is just because we just watched Zoe's extraordinary playlist, but I think Skylar Aston would do an amazing job. As Frankenfurter. Okay, yeah. guy. He's been on Pitch Perfect, all the Pitch yeah. Perfects. Uh, there's always Extraordinary Playlist. You know who I think could do it if you gave him like 10 years? Who? Tom Holland. Oh, Tom Holland would be great. But I might be just basing that off the, the lip sync the where umbrella. he does Rihanna's umbrella. Um, or just go like hardcore, like out of left field and cast like a Jack Black or somebody, you know? No. <laughs> just go just crazy. But I mean, it just, yeah. It, who do you cast in that role? Because it's so hard to disconnect Tim Curry from people's mind. It's like remaking Clue would probably be. Oh, I love Clue. Be tricky. But I think you could do it. I mean, it's an ensemble film. There's no reason why you couldn't. Yeah. It just, I wonder if it's, since it was never mainstream so popular. Yeah. That I wonder if the people that are really fans of it just wouldn't turn out for it. It's kind of like, kind of reminds me of like the Scott Pilgrim movie. Where, you know, comic fans didn't really turn up for it. Right. Because it was just different enough than what they had pictured for their movie. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, you know, a Hunger Games movie, which is based on a book. A lot of people read the books, but enough people had read it that who cared? Like nobody had a. This is what I picture. It wasn't so fan favorite. Yeah. But Rocky Horror Picture Show, I I would be curious. I, did you ever watch the TV version they did? No. Because I didn't want them to mess it up. I don't remember who played Frankenfurter, though. Do you? I, I would never. I only saw the Rocky Horror Picture Show because you made me watch it one time. And uh, Tim Curry made me feel weird. Well. Not like in like a bad way. It's like not a. But just like, huh? Um, I get, I get it. <laughs> he he ha looked stellar. I mean, and it got us meatloaf. He pulled off those fishnets. Yeah. You know what? I think I did rewatch it because I think Darren Chris was in it. I don't even know the name you just said. Those are words. Um. You keep talking. Okay. Uh. So if, for those of you listening at home, 
uh, my first exposure for a lot of cult movies that were kind of Bree and I had very different uh, trajectories in movie watching history. Like I was very much an action movie person um, with like weird jaunts into like spaghetti westerns or uh, kung oh, fu fil- films and La- art films. It was Laverne Cox. Laverne Cox was Dr. Frankenfurter? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's how you have to recast something like that is um, get almost like a. I I like Laverne Cox. I loved her in Orange is the New Black. But do you almost have to cast um, like a stunt casting? Like, like somebody completely that... Completely different than Tim yeah. Curry. Who, by the way, was the narrator criminologist in the remake. I remember that. Um, I think we did watch it. No, we didn't. We You turned it on and then you were like, no, I don't. They changed things. I, I don't... I know Victoria Justice is someone, but I don't know who she is. And I think that's because she was on a Disney show. Um, oh, yeah. Zoe 101 on looks like Nickelodeon. Um, but anyways, I, w- I would like to see it actually given a full theater remake. Because the one that we're talking about with Laverne Cox was like one. I think it was on like ABC and they did a live quote unquote show that they recorded. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to see a full remake and, and then put some actual money into like the set at the Frankenstein's house is what they call it in the song. And um, actually see some of that. Uh, see how they would change the RKO radio tower at the end with the death scene. So almost get like a, a, a Baz Luhrmann remake <gasps> where it's just he goes Ooh. over the top for everything. Yes. I would love that. I mean, he. I mean, he made Moulin Rouge work. Moulin Rouge was one of those ones that, it, as a music, now that we're jaunting or shifting to musicals, like it was one of the ones that I was. I think I watched. I remember, I had just had knee surgery, and the girl I was dating used that as an excuse to make me watch Moulin Rouge, Chicago, and Cabaret. And you still like two of the three of those movies. Yeah. Well, I was very high on Vicodin when I was first exposed to them, so that <laughs> might have played in. Um, but you cannot go wrong with Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor. I mean... Yeah, I mean, and I actually enjoy it. I think it was the the way that it introduced... Because I was used to, like, high school plays as mm-hmm. musicals. So, like, if your first exposure to a musical is Oklahoma, Ugh. I don't think you really give a shit nope. about the genre anymore. You know, it's kind of like if your first exposure to stand-up is, like not to knock a comedian, but it's like a Gallagher show that changes how you feel about stand-up, and that changes how you feel about comedy. Right. Uh, you know, so if your first exposure is a horror movie is like cheesy horror movies, I don't think you give a shit. Correct. Um, but yeah, Chicago, I, I remember I enjoyed, I remember I enjoyed, um, Moulin Rouge cabaret. Uh, I don't know if you enjoy cabaret, like you can artistically appreciate its value, but I don't know. I don't think it's one that I'd be like, hey, you're a high school boy that you're recovering from a knee surgery from football. Well, because this got, is what's going to hit you in your feel spot. It's got Michael Caine in it, who is phenomenal, and Liza Minnelli. And doesn't it also have... It's got the guy. Basil Exposition from yes. Austin Powers. <laughs> uh, Tybalt from the Romeo and Juliet, the Zaffirelli film. Yes, that's exactly where my mind went. I was like, isn't that Austin Powers' boss? Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I actually, now that you... We did musicals. Swerve hard back. 
I really want to rewatch the first Austin Powers, not any of the sequels, but I just want to see how that holds up. Because again, that was that 1999, 2000. Like, I remember my mom would make me shut it off. I had to like watch it in <laughs> 15 minute chunks. Yeah. Um, like sneak it in. And I thought it was just the funniest thing. So I wonder if it still stays funny. Yeah. Because a lot of those movies, like a lot of those comedies you watch and they're of a time, don't age with you. You know, you like I watched American Pie, I think on the way back from an airplane, like from a, a show, I watched it on a flight. Uh-huh. Um, does not, it's not enjoyable. It's just. Oh, I'm not. I'm not 17 anymore. I'm not 18 anymore. You're not the, yeah, the target. A teenage guess. sex comedy. And I'm like, ugh. yeah. Like that's irresponsible. Kids, come on, plan you, for your future. Eugene Levy's in that though. Eugene Levy is in that, so maybe that's why you like Shit's Creek I so d- much as you had Eugene Levy eyebrows haunting you throughout your. His eyebrows are impressive. Okay, so here we go. Actors that have facial features that you can't help but notice. Who's an actor besides Eugene Levy with his eyebrows? Who's another actor that's got a facial feature that once you see it, you can't not notice it? If if I go Dan Levy, would that be cheating? Because he has the same eyebrows. Might be. <laughs> yeah, it feels... Um, I, that, well, thank you, Brie, for explaining how genetics work. <laughs> I guess he doesn't have to complete that 23 and me. <laughs> no, it's like copy-paste for them. <laughs> Just the eyebrows. <laughs> The 3D printer just ran out of... Uh... Did you have something that came to your mind while you were asking me that question? Well, I, just, I always think of like these actors that always have these behaviors or these iconic things that they do. Like Tom Cruise runs so distinctively. What you call ty- Tom Cruise knife hands. Yeah. And I, I, the, the, I think I, it's an idea from this uh, from a comedian, Alfred Carcheri. Oh, yeah. That he, he articulated it so well that he's got these knife hands. So they're always at these like perfect 90 degree angles that they just dart through the air. Yeah. Tom Cruise has to have mastered the art of watching himself run because he runs beautifully in oh, movies. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't know anybody else. I think if you put Usain Bolt in a movie and videotaped him, he wouldn't run as perfectly as Tom Cruise. Yeah. Because for what we consider action movie, movie running. It's like the same as also with Tom Cruise. This other thing is like he has a tooth in the middle of his face. Yeah. That throws you off. Um, Mine is, is it Kirsten Dunst with her stubby teeth? Uh, I don't know. But can I say mine? Oh, I want to talk about how Kirsten Dunst. If you've ever seen Does her smile. Does she have smile, like short teeth? Yeah, is they feel like they're saying? short. Like the gums are excessively long. I just, every time I look at it, it's like she's got um, corn niblets. Kevin, what from if, mouth parts. What if she listens to this podcast? Look. Don't be mean. K-dunst. Oh, cunt. Nope. That wasn't nope. better. Nope. Oh, dude, that's nope. A, hey, you can't smush name every celebrity. Um, <laughs> you learned that one the hard way. Miss Dunst. <laughs> Kirsten. You, you have, I don't want a first name her now. <laughs> you have you have teeth that um, mi- mismatch your face. You're a delightful actress. I quite like her as an actress. But them teeth don't match. Like, they're almost too perfect, but they're all uniform in size. Well, and it throws me off. Isn't that like veneers or something? I don't know what it is, but they're different. Like you should, I'll, while you tell me yours, I'm going to send you a picture of K Dunn's teeth and then we'll talk if we agree. 
I'm going to say Henry Cavill's butt. I'm sorry, you shut your fucking mouth. It's not... You didn't say it had to be a negative thing. I will... No, that's... What are we... I thought we were talking about things about... Also, hold up. When when have we seen Henry Cavill's butt? Not... Not... Like, we've seen it with clothes on. I mean, Geralt of Rivia, they... They focus on his... I thought you were going to talk shit about my man. No! (laughs) But... Who who talks shit about that piece of perfection henry cavill uh he's got cakes he's got cakes he's got layer cakes hey Kevin, what were you doing you were talking recently about velcro and henry cavill oh i I, tell me this because it's hilarious on the pod before i think is that i don't think so henry cavill has such a hairy chest it was on one of your improv shows oh yeah he's got such a hairy chest that i would i would lay my bearded face on that man's chest, and he would have to peel me off like Velcro. <laughs> and you I know just... what? You said that, and I died laughing because that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just, he's so pretty. He is. It's not even like a, it's not even like a, a love that I have. It's just. It's an admiration. No, it's something more religious. <laughs> I'm not saying HC is like my JC, but <laughs> pretty close. Now, Kevin, you um, have played all the Witcher games and you've read the books. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like he was a solid cast for Geralt? Uh, you know, I think he was a pretty solid cast. I mean, I don't, I, I think some of it, the expectation gets built around what I've seen in the the games, mm-hmm. but that's not accurate. I mean, that's not totally accurate. Um, but I I enjoyed him in it. I think he captured a lot of it. I think that what got me is you could tell definitely that Henry Cavill, every time he's done Superman or uh, any movie role, he seems to definitely want to inhabit that role. So he's like a method actor, like Robert Downey Jr. Well, I, I well with Tony Stark, like Robert Downey Jr. definitely morphed Robert Downey Jr. into Tony Stark. Okay, but he was stellar. Oh, he did he did phenomenal. But I mean, who Robert or who Tony Stark was as a character in any of the comic books is not he wasn't a Robert Downey Jr. Oh, whereas this was Robert Downey Jr. Then adding in Tony Stark elements and still being. Very much Robert Downey Jr. You know what else is another movie I would totally um, watch again or watch different. I would love to see Heart and Souls redone. I think I saw that in a drive-in when I was like seven. Is that the one where people die and they inhabit other people's bodies and there's a bus somehow involved? Yes. And Kira Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon are both in it. And they're adorable together. They're married in real life, you know. Oh. And they both can sing really well. Well, and we know one of them uh, knows how to fight oppression in small towns that outlaw dancing. Yes. And they know how to race tractors towards Mm -hmm. each other and call chicken. I wonder um, how often they know to kick off their Sunday shoes. I. Footloose. Every Sunday? <laughs> it doesn't say, but it just says kick off your Sunday shoes. Because <laughs> um, sometimes you got to cut loose. Foot loose. You know what else is a good movie that I haven't made you watch? 
Yes, let's hear what you haven't forced me to. I'm on a Robert consume. Downey Jr. kick. I feel like I need to make you watch Chances Are with him and Sybil Shepherd. It's a good movie. Um, that being said, you know what we should watch? I don't know. Moonlighting. Moonlighting. You mentioned with it. Cher? No. Moonlighting, the TV series with Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis. Oh. Oh, Moonstruck's the one with Cher, isn't Yeah, it? and Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Okay. Is it... I don't even know what the premise of Moonlighting is. I think they're private detectives. Okay. Um, Let me guess. Bruce Willis plays a, a tough but somehow level everyman. It's an American comedy drama series. Oh. Crama. After being cleaned out by her no-good manager, model Maddie Hayes is about to sell one of her few remaining assets, the Blue Moon Detective Agency, until snarky employee David Addison talks her out of it, saving his job and launching a new career for her. Hmm. Interesting. I, we need to watch it. Uh, do we? Yeah. Snarky. Did you not hear the word snarky? I, I I know, but sometimes you share things with me that have certain adjectives that don't actually live up to those. Um. Did you know that Sybil Shepherd played uh, Sean Spencer's mom on Psych? I did because we've watched that series three times since we've been together. Because I love that you show. You do. And uh, Bree, did you hear what happened to Pluto? Man, that's messed up. Yeah. And they named Sybil Shepherd's character in that Maddie as an homage to Moonlighting. I feel like you like shows that have a lot of trivia. That's probably true. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed Psych, but I feel like you enjoy learning tidbits about Psych almost more than you like the actual episodes. The movie, the new movie comes out July 15th. I like how you didn't counter my point. You just gave a piece of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> As your counter example. <laughs> um, I, I mean, cool. I'm excited uh, for you. How do we get Peacock TV? <laughs> Have you Googled that for me? Uh, this is the first time hearing of it, Brie. How have you not heard about Peacock TV? Well, how have you heard of it yet not how to get it? Because I've only been looking at the psych stuff related to it, saying it's coming July 15th on Peacock TV. I guess I have until July 14th to figure out an answer. I'm going to need you to figure that out for me. I know. Yeah. Heaven forbid you conduct your own research and investigation. <laughs> You're so smart, though. I love to use your brain panels. Okay, don't use my uh, subtle jabs at you as ways to give me compliments. <laughs> And also, I'm smart enough to realize uh, that is some uh, psychology you're trying to use. <laughs> that won't work. We'll see. <laughs> mm. um, Kevin. Bree. Do you have a TV series that you'd like remade? You know, a TV series I'd like to see remade. That's tricky. I, I don't think I have any that I'd want to see remade. 
so much is I just wish they would make more episodes. Ooh, tell me about that. So I would I think I really would love more episodes of um community. Oh. Really enjoyed it. Okay, um, okay, let's pause though. Okay. When it first was on, we watched it up until the last season or the second to last season, and it just totally stopped clicking for us. And then last year we went and rewatched it, and we had a totally different perspective on it. True, it one eighty uh, quite a bit for us. Um, I think because we understood that the darkest timeline was possible <laughs> at that point. Yeah, well, and I, I just think the showrunners did. I think it was uh, they had evolved a little bit with the show, and we were kind of expecting it to still stay the same. Yeah. Um, I also think another show that I would love to see redone um and i don't know how you pull it off now but i'd love to see somebody try to thread that needle would be like married with children Ugh. well because it was just so against what a sitcom was at the time like it wasn't everyone loved each other perfect happy everyone was learning a lesson every 30 minutes and getting mm-hmm. better as people um it's i think for the same reason i like like it's always sunny in philadelphia so you like it conceptually because it goes against the tropes of society went against the grain at the time i mean it's kind of like how the simpsons really deconstructed the yeah (laughs) we know you have terrible opinions (laughs) um it's funny because i I bet if you you never watched the simpsons when it was my parents didn't allow me to so i think it kind of changes how you you interpret it um but like there's so many tropes and what we expect these shows to be like that these shows kind of came in and said, no, that's not that's not either real or that's not how they function. That's not how people are. So let's mess let's, with that. Let's explore it. And so I think Married with Children would be one I'd be curious to see if you could find a way to remake it. I don't know if you can. I don't know if um I don't know if on a major network you could be as mean spirited. Mm. As those, were, I mean, because that's like that's always what's always it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Does it somehow mean spirited, but then also takes a lot of risks. I have to be in a really right mood for me to watch that with you. Yeah, in a hundred percent, it's one of those ones that if it's, I ever talk to somebody about liking it, if they tell me they don't like it, I don't ever use it as like a marker if the person's good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's so much. Uh, if you love it, you love it, and if you don't like it, you're not going to like it at all. Yeah. Um, Another show, I'd, it's not even a remake. It's just I wish they would do more or be more prolific. It would be something like the Venture Brothers. Yeah, I love the Venture Brothers. Yeah, it it uh, it was. It's honestly, it was it was Rick and Morty before Rick and Morty. You know, Rick what, and Morty. What show I love and I'm glad is still on. What Bob's Burgers. Somehow that show has had so much more legs than I ever thought it would. I really wish my sister would watch Bob's Burgers because I think she'd get a good kick out of it. It's almost like how everyone you know wishes you would watch Miss Maisel. Nope. The not Marvelous ever. Miss Maisel. I'm never going to watch it. And you refuse to do it. Um, I mean, everyone has told you how much you would enjoy it. You've even acknowledged you probably would enjoy it. I have watched like an episode and a half with you. And you have I did not, not like it. I did not like it. Um, are you going to ask me the same question? I mean, you were kind of piping off, but which shows do you want to see remade, TV shows? I don't think this one needs to be remade. I just want it finished or continued. A show called True Calling and T-R-U. Is that the, she's in a morgue? Yep. 
It was starred Eliza Dushku. Gotcha. And Jason Priestley. Okay. And if I remember correctly, it left on a cliffhanger. And so I really need more of that. I don't think I'll ever get it. Uh, the other show that I need more of is Zoe's Extraordinary Play- Playlist. It just finished its first season. If you haven't watched it, you should go watch it. Just be prepared with tissues every episode. Oh, yeah. That's one of those shows that you'll you'll laugh, you'll enjoy yourself, and then you'll ugly cry by the end. Yeah. I think out of the, what, eight-episode season? Was it eight? Anyways, I cried in all but one episode. Yeah. And, and it wasn't one... It wasn't like Grey's Anatomy where they force you to cry because of a tragic incident. It it felt really honest and um, truthful to true experiences that people would actually have while still being fantastical. And uh, the singing in it is just phenomenal. Whoever did their choreography, uh, out of the box, I haven't seen anything like it before. Uh, very entertaining start to finish and i really need a second season I feel like we went full circle back on the musical genre i think there just needs to be more musical tv shows actually take it back i'm going back hard now that we've talked about musicals the one show that i don't even know if i want to remake but more episodes gallivant <gasps> gallivant is so good so for the audience that doesn't know that you never caught it when it was on the tv um gallivant is a it's such a hard sell it's a fantasy uh-huh. Like King Arthurian. Yeah. An Arthurian. Thank you. Musical comedy. Oh, God. It's so good. Rom com, um, almost. Yeah. yeah. I was just trying to. A sword and sorcery rom com musical. It was so freaking yeah. good. It didn't really leave on a cliffhanger. Like, I truly felt satisfied with the ending, but I could have gone with five more seasons. Yeah. I think it was, It you know, it was just, it was fun. Um, it was actually very funny yes um the music the it, like they did their own lyrics they came up with their own songs yeah it's one of those if you enjoyed something along the lines of dr horrible sing-along blog yep or you just enjoyed um kind of anything that takes the piss out of a genre i think you'd enjoy um gallivant uh if you liked my favorite one of my favorite dumb youtube shows is the Wizard of Oz? Is that AUS? The... Oh yeah, that one's funny. Um, and I, you know, I just, it, I, I, for some reason, like these ones that take place in genres that we feel like we know the rules of and uh-huh. breaks them. And it has like Vinnie Jones in it, yep. and uh, uh, Timothy Amundsen, so uh, one of your psych guys, and he's also Kane from Supernatural. Yeah. So just again, enjoyable and characters. Ka- Karen David, I think, is the main uh gallivants honey yeah not, not honey companion adventure i mean they end up together they do but sorry it, it spoilers takes a, spoilers for a show you should have watched it's so good go watch it <laughs> I, I don't know where it is but find it watch it you will not regret it okay and then brie i think last question from me what's a movie that you've watched that was a like a sleeper surpriser for you you watched it and you're had no expectations because we on by its cover had a couple. We had Wolf Cop, we had Return to Horror High. I um, don't spoil our next episode, Cabin. Okay, Brie. I feel like you telling me not to spoil it, spoiled it. 
No, you can't spoil it. I didn't spoil it. You are. You're spoiling it. You're I'm not. Like I'm not gonna tell them. Uh, are you a piece of metal attached to a 1998 Honda Accord? Because you're a spoiler. <laughs> I had a tiny spoiler on my first car, which mm-hmm. was a Honda Accord. Oh, what's, a, what's a tiny spoiler? Like you don't tell us that Bruce Willis died in the Sixth Sense, but you tell us that like maybe the kid he sees, sees dead, dead people. people. <laughs> uh, so. What's a movie that kind of snuck up on you with how good it was? Oh, fudge, babe. I don't know. Because all, all I can think of is the movie we watched last night, which <laughs> I'm still emotional about. Okay. What, um, are you, what are you thinking? Gosh, what was the last movie that did that to us? Um, I think, oh, this is taking us back. Uh, Drive Angry was that for Oh, me. my God. I love that movie. And it's not because Drive Angry is particularly good. It's not. There's something so I just absurd about it. I'll tell you what it is. Is It's The Accountant. Um, I think he's called The Accountant. The bad guy in it. Not the big bad guy, the cult leader, but the demon that comes to collect Nicolas Cage. Okay. He is so goddamn charming in that movie that I can't help but really enjoy every scene he's in. I totally don't remember him. I think we're going to have to rewatch this yeah, movie. But I mean, Drive Angry is just, it's tr- Nicolas Cage, Amber Heard. Which, ugh, but you know. She pretty though. Yeah, but she's, you know, garbage she, person. Yeah. Um, And then I can't remember what the, the villain in it was, was in, but he, we've seen him around. And I the think, car. Yeah. I think that to me was that movie that I I had no expectations for. I thought it was going to be trash. And it was trash, but it was a higher quality of garbage. Um, it was like th- these people only shopped at Whole Foods for their waste re- recycling. William Fitchner. William Fitchner was the accountant. Yes. Is that who you were asking? I was about? talking about the cult leader. Oh. Hold on. Keep talking. Yeah. Um, Billy Burke. Yeah, Billy Burke, which I don't know what else he's been in that I would associate him with, but he was pretty good too. Um, I think he's Bella's dad in Twilight. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have known him from that, but I agree with you. I I think I'm right. Yep, I'm right. He plays Charlie Swan. Not that I'm particularly a big fan of the Twilight series because mm, creepy. Um. But that's totally what I know him from. And he was on Rizzoli and Isles. Yeah, I I don't know where I know him from. And I, you're just naming him in things you would definitely know him <laughs> from. Um, but it, yeah, again, I just was one of those movies that I enjoyed more than I should have. Um, I think the other big surprise, this is really good, um, Dread was for me because i remembered the stallone one i I remember the comics not like they weren't my cup of tea Uh um but for some reason carl urban i give so many props to carl urban for that movie um for like not taking off the mask which i'm a big fan of carl urban's face and so (laughs) For me to still love that movie and actually never see his face. It's a movie that commits to being what it is, which is this hyper-violent, dystopian action movie, which uh-huh. I, I, I just appreciate it. And not trying to be anything grander. It wasn't... It didn't. I mean, it has some great set pieces, mm-hmm. but it doesn't try to do what the Stallone one does, which is comic book 
a, right. I mean, comic book, a comic book, I guess. So yeah, I just I remember loving it. It was funny though because the person we watched it with um, hated it. Was it Jacob? Yeah, Jacob. Jacob, who is like my go-to person for if a movie's good or not, I yeah. usually trust his opinion. Didn't we see it in Portland? We with saw him? it in Portland, Oregon, at a at a bar theater, and he did not. I mean, he was vehemently hated it. Yeah. You and I both were like, "This was so good," which is good because we're married and Jacob's true our best friend. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe weird if that was the rift. Is one of us loved it, the other one hated it, and Jacob <laughs> loved it. And we're like, "Well, we side with Jacob. He's coming with us in this divorce." I definitely think that a sequel from from that would have been successful, and I know that they just got into development hell with the title rights and all that stuff and well and i feel like that's happened a couple times to carl urban yeah um because he had that happen with dread and then like the next one was his almost human tv series which i really loved and uh he he just never made it work um which i don't think is his fault it seems like one of those things where um there's budget stuff there's scheduling stuff that works against him fox he was on fox and fox has a terrible history with sci-fi shows right um but yeah, those, those are ones that I remember that they snuck up on me with how competent and well done they were. And I really enjoyed them. Yeah. Uh, did you have one? Um, no. Wait. Um, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. <laughs> Speaking of train of thoughts, I can answer probably for you for one of those movies was Snowpiercer. I didn't like Snowpiercer. You loved Snowpiercer. The only reason why you didn't like Snowpiercer is because you have a thing for Chris Evans, and you were mad that he's not like Captain America in this. Oh, he was. He ends up being a, not a great person, right? And he was very dirty in it. Not like dirty. He was physically dirty, like gross. Um, but you know. Still love me some Chris Evans. I know you do. <laughs> I'm not trying to like rush you through that description, but like you, I could go on. You go down some weird <laughs> paths real goddamn quick. Uh, oh, I think if I was answering for both of us, God, I feel like I'm mansplaining your movies. Um, no, I'm the one that lost my train of thought. <laughs> Knives Out was, I think, the uh. one where we both thought we were getting a uh, like a whodunit movie thriller. And we, you know, we knew the actors that were in it. We knew the director. So we figured it'll be pretty well done. But the amount of comedy and mm-hmm. how well done the mystery was in it was both. It was really shocking to us. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for whatever sequel Ryan um, Johnson comes up with for that, because even if it's not exactly the same, which I hope it isn't, because I want him to play in in that character and in that universe uh, that I think it will be absolutely stellar. And we'll like, definitely see. Yeah. Um. So I'm out of questions. That's okay. I I'm sleepy. Oh, you're getting the tired. Although I might be persuaded to stay up and watch Drive Angry. Or Brotherhood of the Wolf. Um. You're like no. I said Drive Angry. I told you which one I'd do. <laughs> that's correct. All right, Bree. Where can folks find us if they want to hear our normal podcasting experiences? Our normal podcasting experience and this one can both be found on By Its Cover Pod at By Its Cover Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Kevin also made us a Facebook, uh, and Kevin also is a comedian in his own right. 
Yep, I am. I sometimes tell jokes on stages. Um, if you and right m- now remember what stages are via Zoom, occasionally on the internet. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at Kevin underscore Egg on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Kevin Eggleston on Facebook, and uh, yeah, you can just find me on any random uh, Zoom. Or a Zoom mic. I mean, I just he'll, pop he'll, up on him. He'll tweet about it. <laughs> I probably won't. Um, or he'll Instagram or Facebook yeah, about it. Yeah, like you'll find I out. Like I it, don't know. If you know, you know. I don't have a Facebook, so I, you know, who knows what's going on on there. Yep. All right. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Yep. Bye. Bye.